Hey, Cam. Oh, hi. Uh, I'm sorry. You are. Uh, I'm my. I, I'm Alex. I'm the 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 host of this show. No, no, no. See, some weeks it's just me by myself, and then other weeks it's Bobby that's co-host of the show. I, I Bo- who is who is Bobby? I've never even heard. Did you say Bobby or Blobby? Uh, it, it could be Blobby, depending on who you ask. This is true. Who are these people? I, let, let me ask you this: you think you think after four weeks of not being on the show, you can just waltz back into my life like this? You're damn right, I do. You loved me and let me leave, and here I am coming back. You know I can't quit you. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast, presented by Sports Drink. Here are your hosts, Cam Matthews and Alex Butler. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined, as always, by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how are you doing today? It's been a few weeks since I've said this, but what? Shake and bacon. Oh, God, inject that directly into my veins. See, you like it, you bastard. <laughs> I, I, have, I have missed being here on a weekly basis with you, Cam. Seriously, that's this is uh, it, it's it's nice to be back. It has been a uh, it has been a hot minute, by God. So, uh, for those of you who listen to the show regularly, you may have uh, or may have not noticed my my absence from the show for the last month, yeah. uh, which which is easily the longest in season absence either of us has taken since we started this show. Um, but but yeah, things things kind of went sideways for for your boy for a little bit. We uh, we had some home renovations that uh, that stalled out midway through. Um, unfortunately, we had uh, we had a couple of situations with our family and ended up losing a family member. So um, it was it, it's been a tough month. Um, but like I said, I am thrilled to be back. Uh, I've got to say that the episodes you did, Cam, while I was away were, were amazing. And oh, I, I got to say that, uh, that listening to you and Bobby, uh, gave, gave my wife and I some smiles when we desperately needed smiles. So, uh, I, I hope that that was me just finding out the effect that our show can have on some of you guys. Um, but regardless, that was, uh, that was, that was pretty cool. So, uh, fantastic job. Um, it's all downhill from here though. Well, you know, we, we had to go over the hump at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out, shout out to Bobby for being a big help over, over the past month. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Jeff yeah. for attempting to help. For, for trying to be of help. Man, I tell you, that was like the most nerve-wracking afternoon I've ever had trying to record this show. 
sh- shout out to you for recording two solo episodes um, because that's terrifying. Well, Alex, I don't know if you know this, but there's one thing I can do. It is talk and rant. So yes, that was love right it. In, uh, right in my wheelhouse. All right. Well, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say uh, one philosophical thing regarding uh, uh, the past month for me, um, and then we will we will move on into the business of the week. Let me let me just briefly say to all of you guys that it is absolutely never too late to to go find a parent, a grandparent, a brother or sister, uh, and and make some memories. Um, one of uh, one of my final memories with my father-in-law will forever be sitting there and watching uh, the Braves game where the Braves played the Angels, and we got to uh, we got to watch the Braves come back on Otani on 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 one of my father-in-law's final days, and that was uh, that was something really special that I'm going to remember forever. So, um, call your parents, kids, do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you, you thought about us being able to be kind of a you know a bright spot for a lot of folks. You know, I, I think Alex from the from the outset of us starting this show, that's one thing we wanted to do is that we just wanted to be a you know a positive, you know, kind of lighthearted sort of show for folks that you know for forty five minutes to an hour each week you can escape and feel like you're talking to your friends about the Braves. So you know, I hope that's what we've been able to do for folks and I hope that's what we're able to continue to do for folks. Um, you know, I know, I know one person needs a shout out right now is friend of the show, Leah. Um, shout out. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, thinking, thinking of you guys right now, but you know, I, I, we have a lot of fun doing this show and we hope that you have a lot of fun listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you, Cam, uh, there's there's one other thing that I've I've been missing for the past few weeks. Um, I I have been I have been sorely lacking in historical baseball facts. Oh, have you now? I have. I have. Do you happen to have any that you might be able to share with me this week? No. Shit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is August 8th through the 14th. Our first fact comes to us from August 8th, 2002. Closer John Smoltz reports his 40th save in the 114th game of the Braves schedule making it the earliest point a relief pitcher has ever reached that mark in a season. Lee Smith of the Cardinals accomplished the feat in his 117th game in 1993, and White Sox closer Bobby Thigpen turned the trick in 118 games en route to setting the major league record with 57 saves in 1990. That's that's a record that still stands, right? Has to be. I, I, I would be surprised if it doesn't. But I want to say I, I want to say K Rod was flirting with it a few years back. Well, I say a few years, maybe ten or fifteen years back. But uh, I I think he's the only one that's that's come close. Let's see. Francisco Rodriguez 
as the... Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's turf build a rapid grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down, okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. As the saves record, 62 in 2008. Oh, wow. Okay. Fun fact, Edwin Diaz is tied for second at 57 in 2018. Oh God! Why? 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 Why'd you have to say that? What you you? Oh, but Alex, just gone... he runs out. He runs out to cool horns, don't you know? You could have. You could have just said, "And our next fact." <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's a sweet entrance. I hate it. I hate him, but it's a killer entrance. It it it, it is. It, it's so All right. good. All right, but I mean, well, I mean, to put that in perspective, though, you know, Smoltz hitting forty at this point. In 2002, consider that, you know, Diaz, the best closer in the game right now, you know, is at what, 26, 27 saves? Is it really that low? I think. Wow. Maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. I, I could be completely wrong about that. Who knows? We're just, we are average chatters. Anyway, <laughs> comes to us from April, or April, August 10th, 1944. At Crosley Field, Braves hurler Charles Red Barrett throws only 58 pitches, beating the Reds 2 to nothing. The nine-inning night game takes only 75 minutes to play. 75 minutes? I, let, let, me, let me ask you this. If, if you went, okay, let, let's say you go to a baseball game, right? And let's uh-huh. say it's Max Fried or Spencer Strider on the map, okay? And he... You know, you are all jacked up on, on going to a game, and you arrive, and he has an excellent start, and he, he goes, he throws a complete game, 58 pitches, and the game only lasts a little over an hour. Are you, are you amazed by this feat, or are you a little irritated that what you expected to be a much longer affair didn't even eclipse two hours? Oh, that's tough. Right? Little like about, I, 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 I think it I think it'd be the former. Uh, yeah. I, I think I would be more excited to have seen that accomplishment because that doesn't sound like something that people are gonna see very often. So I, I'd at least have that one game in my back pocket that I could say, well, I saw a a fifty seven pitch complete game or whatever it was he <laughs> right, said. Right, right. But yeah, I, I could see that. Like I could definitely see you know, reveling in like the marvel of, of being in a game like that. But I think in in my case, where on a good year I might get to go to one game a season because yeah, it's, you know, six and a half hours away from me. If that's <laughs> the one game I get to go to, and it you drive like, thirteen hours round trip to watch one hour of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Your boy might be a little hot. Not gonna lie. Yeah, next time you got to come down for a series because I think you just jinxed yourself into having that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But no, no, no one my bad luck. It'd be the visiting pitcher that would do that to us. <laughs> and it would be Madison Bumgarner. It would be Madison Bumgarner. Who I never wanted to be in Atlanta Brave. You sure about that? You 
sure? Uh, never. Not once. Okay. If you say so. Nope. All right. Our next fact comes to us from August 12th, 2021. So just a year ago. The Field of Dreams game, the most watched regular season contest in 16 years, plays homage to the 1989 movie classic where farmer Ray Kinsella turns his ordinary cornfield into a place where dreams can come true. In Dyersville, Iowa, just a few feet away from the site where filming occurred, the White Sox beat the Yankees 9-8 to thanks to Tim Anderson's two-run walk-off home run into the cornstalks. So, Cam, let me, let me ask you. So, I, I think we all were in agreement last year that the Field of Dreams game that they put on was just incredible. Top to bottom nostalgia, um, old school uniforms. You had players coming out through the corn. And, and it was the first time we'd ever seen anything like that in a professional baseball setting. Are you anywhere near ex- as excited for this year's Field of Dreams game? Uh, I mean, I'll be excited for it through about the first three innings, probably. And then it's kind of like it's kind of like think, the it's it's what it's Cubs Cardinals I think it's a uh, Cubs Reds Cubs Reds yeah so it'll probably be a close game it won't be yeah. a good game but it'll be a close game no I'll get to see Joey Votto in the old school uniform which will be cool yeah those uniforms dropped today they look great they do they look tremendous which I, I think. I think that's the. I'm just a thing. sucker for like early 1900s throwbacks. Yeah, I, I think that's the novelty of this game for me is just seeing like the flannel style uniforms in in, in play. You know, plus it's, it's the ones just, that looked like they were sewn together from canvas sacks. Yeah, yeah, that looks like you know you're probably sweating bullets inside of. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, well, and I, I think too, it's it's just such a like. Is his jersey trip. made of twine? <laughs> right. <laughs> that looks itchy. I hope he's wearing an undershirt. <laughs> but talking about it's just such a picturesque kind of game too that I think I think there's still plenty of novelty to it. You know, whether or not we say the same thing in five years or, or whatever, you know, that that remains to be seen. What I am interested in is how they change any of the presentation from last year. You know, yes. last, you know, last year they went really heavy into like, here's where this thing was filmed and here's the inside of the house. And, you know, that and here's the price of such and such when these two teams were actually wearing these uniforms. And that's cool and all. But like, I hope they figure out ways to keep the presentation fresh and well in these games. Yeah. Which, to be fair, there, there's there's a lot of stuff going on at the Field of Dreams currently. Like, they're building, I think, a few more parks, <laughs> you know, ball fields. Oh, nice. There. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there's plenty of stuff going on there. Huh. Well, you won't have to yeah, I'll, I'll, that, that will be interesting to see how it, uh, how, how it goes this year. I mean, that's obviously a... Uh, uh, a huge hill to climb to to match what they put on last year, uh, especially with the the Tim Anderson walk off at the end. It was just, it was out of a storybook. But um, yeah, I think I think regardless, it'll still be fun, and that's definitely something for people to look forward to this week. Let me ask you this: so last year, you know, Kevin Costner walked them all out onto the field, right, and did like the little introduction. Yes. How awesome would it be? And I don't know. I don't, I don't know how his health is now because he's up there in age. If they were able to get James Earl Jones 
I was so disappointed that he wasn't there last time. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, he's gotta be. He's gotta be pushing ninety, isn't? Yeah. Oh, he's gotta be up there, and I'm not even sure what, if anything, is left of his voice. I, I think it's been a long time since he's made regular public appearances. But if there's a way to pull that off, that would be really, really cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. I mean, I, I, I'll watch this week. You know, it. I, it's like Bobby and I were talking about the other week in regards to the All-Star game. I think there's still enough of a novelty to it with it being an annual thing that I'll mm-hmm. still watch it. Um, and, and, you know, year in, year out, too, as long as they keep switching the teams out and who plays in it, the fact that we're going to get different sets of retro uniforms, you know, you know, sets of 100-year uniforms, that's a hook for me, at least for the first couple of innings, just to see those so, out on the field. So let me ask you this, Cam, hypothetically. Okay. Uh, 2023, they announced that the Atlanta Braves are going to play in the Field of Dreams game. Who do you want to see them play? Ooh, if they're going to play... I don't know. I mean, do you want to go division matchup? Do you want to go NLAL? Do you do you want to go with like the the coolest uniforms you think they'd have? Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia could be cool. Like if you put them in an old like Philadelphia Athletics uniform or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be cool. I think that works in terms of like old. or heck, I, well, no, you don't want to play the Cubs because they're they're doing that. This so year. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking Red Sox. That could be cool. Have yeah. the Red Sox do old 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 uniforms and then have the Braves wear like the old Boston Braves throwbacks. That could be cool. Yeah, we have it. I don't I don't remember the last time we went to Boston or even Milwaukee throwbacks. Oh no, I got it. I got it. We would, who is it? We, we should play Pittsburgh. Ooh, pillbox caps! Give me yeah. the pillbox caps. Yep, and the yep. Sh- and the shorts and the vests. Okay, just no, we're, me- not, we're not we're not doing the shorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just oh, come on! Give me baseball shorts, man. Um, I mean, like just looking up and down that St. Louis could be cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they've they've got some neat looking throwback uniforms. Heck, I. You know, if you really want to pop a rating on this, throw them against the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. The Dodgers in a Brooklyn uniform. Braves, Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox. I mean, I, I do think to if, if you're going to keep interest in it beyond the first year or two, you're going to have to start putting some rivalry matchups in there. I agree. Games yeah. that mean something regardless of the fact that it's a Field of Dreams game. Yeah, yeah. So how? Okay, I haven't even looked at the schedule. How does that work out for the for the Cubs and Reds? Um, like in terms of schedule, because let's see, the Reds play. I, the Reds I, are in a three game series with the Mets right now, and then they serve as the home team. And I guess I'm trying to look at Friday. No, they got Friday off. And then, okay, I see. So then they go back to Cincinnati. 
on Saturday. Finish the series or something? Yeah, so, so, so it's a three-game okay. series with Field of Dreams on Thursday, off day Friday, then Saturday, Sunday. Okay, I see, I see. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see... I would love to see the Braves play in it, you know, especially to see them like throw some throw on some old like Boston Bean Eater uniforms. Oh yeah, that would be sick. Give me the Boston Bees, the Boston Bees, Daddy. Love yes, it. love it. So that that comes on this Thursday night at seven o'clock. I will certainly be watching. All right, our final fact comes to us from August fourteenth, nineteen thirty-two. Brooklyn's 10-inning 2-1 victory over the Giants at the Polo Grounds makes reliever John Quinn, at the age of 49, the oldest player to win a major league game. Johnny Frederick, who will have a total of only six home runs during the entire season, hits a ninth-inning game-tying homer off of Carl Hubble, his fourth-round tripper as a pinch hitter, establishing a new major league record. Wow. 49 years old to win a major league game. That's uh, that's that's pretty good. There's hope for Donahue uh, yet. <laughs> I think like our do we have it like, I mean Verlander and Scherzer are the two guys I think you point out right now and say, I I can see them pitching for several more years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and they're I, both I think, in their forties already, right? Uh, I think Scherzer is. Scherzer might be like thirty eight. Yeah, I think he's like 37, 38. Verland, Verlander is 40. And, okay, let's, let's I'm a man! Yeah, let, let's talk about Justin Verlander for, for just a second. No, he's not 40 yet. He'll be 40 in February. Close oh, enough. okay. But coming off of Tommy John at 39 years old. What he's doing is, it, it doesn't make sense. It is bonkers. He should it be. is wild. <laughs> he's... You know, I mean, he's he's a shoe in for the Cy Young at this point. Yeah, um, it's crazy. He's a shoe in for comeback player of the year in the AL. I've got to imagine. Here, here, speaking of pitcher ages, it is wild to me how young Madison Bumgarner actually is. That's true, um, he, because he's, he's looked like because he looked he's looked like he's fifty five years old for about twenty years. Well, he's also pitching like he's 55 years old. Uh, this is true. Very true. And some people wanted him on the Braves a couple years ago. I don't know who those people were because they sure <laughs> as hell weren't me. <laughs> oh, you rascal. Well, that has been <laughs> this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you wish. All right, guys. We'll be right back to recap the past week for the Braves and take a look at what's ahead. All right. So when I left you last week, the Braves had just defeated the Phillies on Tuesday night by a final score of 13-1. to Spencer Strider getting the win in that game. But, Alex, were you able to uh, check out that game any? It was the last really good game we had this week. <laughs> yeah. No, unfortunately, I exclusively watched terrible baseball this week. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and, and avoided anything that I might enjoy uh, at all costs. Well, speaking of terrible baseball on Wednesday, we got to roll into game two of the two-game set against Philadelphia uh, for the third time this year. Charlie Morton would take the mound in an afternoon game against the Phillies in arguably Charlie Morton's best start of the season. Hold on, an afternoon game? Yeah. We got a good start on an afternoon game? Well, we got a good start out of our pitcher. 
<laughs> the rest of the team, however, managed to scrape across one run in this one. Colin McHugh had a rough outing taking the loss, and the Phillies split the two-game set 3-1 to one as your final score on Wednesday afternoon. Just an ugly loss that you kind of want to shake off. And One quick thought about Colin McHugh. He has otherwise been really good this year, but he has had a couple of outings where, boy, if he's not good, he's just not good. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, that's – I'm fine with that, but I think it's hard for a lot of people to look past those bad outings because when he's he's more good than bad, but when he's bad, he is spectacularly bad. Yeah, he, he, he is, and it's – Otherwise, he's been pretty great for us this year. But yeah. when, you th- when you think to the first game of the season, that afternoon, that Sunday game against Colorado, and then this game here against Philadelphia, a little rough. little rough. And especially, and, and I mean, also consider that we're, we're, we're using him in a role that, that is not ultimately going to be his role. So, like, once our, our bullpen is fully healthy, McHugh is like – like fifth inning, sixth inning, mop up duty. Like that's that's what he he'll be doing, and I think to have him in that role is going to be amazing because I think he's way better than guys we've put in that role uh, in the recent past. Looking at you, Josh Tomlin. You put some respect on Josh Tomlin's name, sir. <laughs> one uh, one quick one quick note of interest uh, for this afternoon game as well. You know, mind you, this is a Wednesday, what was it, 12-20, 12-30 first pitch. Yeah, that was a weird one. 30,000 people in attendance. Impressive number. Yeah, for an for a businessman special game. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah. Okay. It was one one could say that that the series for the Mets this week was was their World Series. Okay, all right, let, let's, let, let's dive into this. <laughs> so, fun fact, because of how we're trying to, having to record this week, I'm having to take over the responsibility of doing the recap. And I told Alex, I don't necessarily feel like going into great depths on the five-game series against New York, which began on Thursday. So, Alex, let me ask you this. In your mind, what would have been a successful five-game series across four days with New York? I would have been... I, I think I would have been perfectly happy with either three and two or two and three. Okay. So, let me let me tell you who our starters were across these five games. You ready for this? All right. You name the starter, and I'll tell you if we won that game or not. Kyle Wright. Oh, we definitely won that game. Ian Anderson. No chance. He's terrible. Jake Odorizzi. No idea. I've never seen him pitch. (laughs) (laughs) Max Freed. Definitely won the Freed game. Spencer Strider. He's been hot. Yeah, we had to win the Strider game, too. Okay, yeah, so the only game we won in this five-game series was the one that Ian Anderson pitched. And somehow, ah! he still, <laughs> still tried to give that one away. Oh, my. Uh, uh, okay, ah. so I, I, rather, rather than going game by game on this one, 
this series. Do you want me to just scream into the microphone for like five minutes and we can call that our analysis? I'm just gonna like scream like Sam Kennison for the next five minutes. Ah! <laughs> the brakes said they were good. Ah! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ian Anderson finally won a game, and then we sent him down. <laughs> so yeah, one and four, not great. <laughs> by, by any stretch of the imagination, I really don't know what to say about this. Um, it, it was it, the the couple of games I saw from the series. It was it was just brutally frustrating baseball because it, it look the Mets are a good team, and I am I am fully prepared to sit here and give them credit as a good team that is more than deserving of being in playoff contention right now, but. To watch this series and watch everything that unfolded on the field, there was uh, a lot of good fortune involved for the Mets. Uh, I watched a lot of 60, 70, 60, 70 mile an hour exit velocity balls just find the most wide open spot on the field. And you cannot convince me that that is something they are doing consistently on purpose. No, right. Well, and uh, there's the old phrase of, you know, I'd rather be lucky than good. Well, you know, fortunately for the Mets, they are both at, at times. And and then again, I I think you can call a team lucky or fortunate without having to discredit their actual talent because this is a good team. You know, right, and and, no, and nobody, I, I do. I do want to give them credit while saying that. I mean, their their starting pitching is incredible. Um, they have the best closer in baseball. Uh, Pete Alonso mashes. Brandon Nimmo is is just the most frustrating player to have to go against. Uh, they are really really good team, but they're a really really good team that also happens to get lucky a whole lot. Right, and. You know, I think part of the frustration in playing a team like the Mets, too, is, and, and I think Bobby and I talked about this a few weeks ago, their, Bobby! Bobby! their style of play completely contrasts the Braves' style of play, at least offensively. You know, oh, yeah. The, the Mets, you know, despite having some boppers and like Francisco Lindor and, and Pete Alonso, you know, they are very much an ABC baseball sort of team, whereas, you know, the Braves are – top three in home runs and have been for the past two or three years. It's very much a different style of play. And so, you know, that's why I liken them to playing Virginia in, in college basketball, that they play a style of play that is kind of antiquated, that not a lot of teams play. And they, it just, it smothers you and it's kind of death by, you know, a thousand paper cuts. And it's a lot of little ticky tack production here and there. And it can be a frustrating game to watch, especially when your team's on the losing end of it. That being said, despite the fact that this weekend went as about as bad as it could have gone, um, consider the fact that the Braves are still, you know, a top five team in the league, still sit very comfortably in making the postseason at this point, have tremendous odds of making the postseason at this point, according to Fangraphs uh, that just came out yesterday. I don't think you hit the panic button yet, but I will say too, it 
it is getting a little frustrating watching the Braves crap the bed against the Mets this season. It, it really is. And, you know, ultimately, we're, we're six and a half games back as we sit here recording this show today. And we've got seven games in Atlanta against the Mets. Yeah. So... I mean, you you pick up a couple of games here and there just over the course of the schedule. And, and then, you know, you still get to decide the division at home just like you did last year. Right, right, exactly. So, you know, I, I'm not necessarily hitting the panic button, but, man, the guys are going to have to find some fire uh, as they close out those last seven games against New York, four of which start – uh, and we'll preview on our next podcast because the game one of a four-game series in Atlanta against the Mets is on the 15th. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet, but that was a brutal series to watch. If if we lose the next series in Atlanta against the Mets, uh, it might be panic button time. But as, as we're sitting here today, I agree with you, it is not. Well... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. And, and and that being said, it's not the end of the world if we don't win the division this year. I just really want yeah. to win the division this year. <laughs> no, I mean, can, consider the fact that, well, well, we'll definitely get into this next week because next week's preview section uh, of the schedule is going to be looking at our toughest week of the entire season. Um because you've got four against New York and three against Houston. But before we get there, we have six games coming up this week. Uh, tomorrow, which, you know, if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, a two-game series against the Boston Red Sox will begin Tuesday night, 7.10 p.m. start on TBS, the Superstation. We're heading back home for that one as Charlie Morton takes on Rich Hill. And then on Wednesday night... Oh, yes, Battle of the Old Guys on TBS. Gotta love it. Got to love it. And then the Braves again in Boston, 7.10 p.m. start on Wednesday night as Kyle Wright takes on Nick Pavetta. All right. Yeah, so, you know, the Red Sox obviously flailing a bit this year. Um, I I don't know. You know, we give a lot of give a lot of guff to uh, to Philadelphia for being very poor defensively. But boy, the Red Sox are not great out in the field, to put it lightly. Well, look, I mean, they're they they play in a city where, um, you know, the 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 city's leadership, um, is is really it's trying its best, um, but it, it's still it's still kind of struggling, and and that I think is reflected in the baseball team. But I I hope. Anyway. I hope that we're able to get in contact next week with uh, with with the mayor of Boston. Uh, he called in a couple of times a, a season a season or two ago. Um, but yeah, that that that'll be that'll be very interesting uh, to see if we can uh, see if we can he- hear from him and get his thoughts on the uh, the Braves Red Sox series. Yeah, and, and you know this is the kind of series that after coming off such a such a high intensity. A postseason feel of a five-game set over the course of a weekend. You know, again, not discrediting the Red Sox by by any means, but this is definitely a bit of a cool-down series that you hope the guys can, you know, 
kind of just get back on their feet, really, because this is something that they're going to have to do. And speaking of getting back on their feet, one guy that we hope is able to get back on their feet is Ian Anderson, who has been optioned to Gwinnett. Yes, yes, and uh, I, uh, for precautionary reasons, we called up Chadwick Trump because uh, Travis hurt himself just a little bit. Uh, hopefully he will be back soon, but um, we're going to need guys like Travis, like Ozzy Albies, um, in the lineup, and as soon as possible. <laughs> so, so Bri- or, who is it, Bryce Elder yep. has been called up. Um, is that who was called up in place of Yes, game? it was. Or, or no, Bryce Elder was brought up as the 27th man for the That's doubleheader. Right. That's right. That's right. Who was called up in Ian's place? Oh, Waskar. Waskar. Waskar, of course. Yes. yes. Get your Waskar shirts at teespring.com slash store slash chatting average podcast. There it is. And also, Guillermo Heredia was optioned to Gwinnett. Uh, so that way, Chadwick Trump could, uh, could come up because, again, as mentioned, uh, Travis Darno is going to be out for a, a little bit, at least it sounds like. Got to so. work on that sword form a little bit. They'll have him in ship shape in no time. That's right. All right. So off day on Thursday. So everybody gets to relax and enjoy the Field of Dreams game on Thursday evening. The Braves then head down to South Beach, Miami, starting a four-game series over the course of the weekend against the Miami Marlins. 6.40 p.m. start on Friday night as Max Freed takes the mound going up against Lopez of the Marlins. Still shocked he didn't get traded. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that's a head scratcher, but then, you know, of course they trade their best reliever. Right. Um, anyway. All right. Uh, Saturday back-to-back weekends with a double header as the Braves will play two at, uh, at Miami one ten PM start in game one as Jake Odorizzi takes the mound and then a seven ten PM start no set starters for that one yet, although for some reason ESPN has Ian Anderson listed as the starter, but that's not right. So you have to wonder if that is Enoa's spot uh, to get the start. So two games on Saturday, 1.10 and 7.10 p.m. respectively. And then finally, the finale in that four-game series comes on Sunday afternoon, 1.40 p.m. start as Spencer Strider takes on Garrett. I'm I'm looking for four out of six this week, Cam. Yeah, I, that that would be great. I mean, I, I think you really, really have to, you know. Yeah, you, you you need it at this point for sure. And and you you know, we are into August now, so there is plenty of scoreboard watching that that's going to be happening. Um, the Mets are currently in a series with the Reds. Um, so, you know, can't expect a whole lot there. But then they go to Philadelphia uh, this coming weekend for a three-game series against the Phillies. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays off. A couple of division rivals uh, in, a, in a weekend set. Um, the Phillies still trying to make a playoff push. One interesting start to look at in that one is Saturday night. Jacob deGrom on the mound opposite Aaron Nola. Ooh, that'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a that's a fun start there. So, I mean, plenty of scoreboard watching still left to be done, and still plenty of baseball left to play against you know the first place Mets. So, you know, last week did not go according to plan by any means, but 
not time to hit the panic button quite yet. Now, if we go out and go 0-6 this week, then maybe we might have to hit the panic button next next episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a that'll be an interesting one to record. But hopefully that does not come to pass. Uh, but anyway, guys, before we go, we got to remind you. Chatting Average is brought to you by Sports Drink. Sports Drink is your digital water cooler. They are here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Uh, you can follow them uh, on all social media at SPRTSDRNK, or you can check out their website at, at sportsdrink.org. Um, and yeah, check them out. One request, though. Please don't let the funk out. I will try my best, sir. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. For Mr. Cam Matthews, my name is Alex. We will see y'all next week for another brand new episode. Bye. This has been the Chatting Average Podcast, brought to you by Sports Drink. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Chatting Average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode 